Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, they are going to be stoked that the Edmonton Oilers have won seven straight games. When it comes to injury law, James H. Brown are the best. It's that simple. 250 plus years of experience. Proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks and the U of A Golden Bears. Royal Pizza Pizza passes so much more. You can get a 10 dollar bonus for every $50 gift card purchased until December the 31st. Visit royalpizza.ca. Uh, everything's real at Royal. we got 14 locations in Edmonton and uh, five in Calgary, one in Red Deer, one in Regina, one in Saskatoon. Stop for recommendation Mediterranean chicken. As we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and bring aboard our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show. Uh, we don't have as much on air time as we used to because we're short on Oiler game days, but we welcome back to the show David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Hello, David. How are you? Fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Why are you fantastic? Are you fantastic because you, you have a show... Uh, uh, you know your your blog is called the cult of hockey or you're fantastic because you're seeing some sensibility get deployed in the united states on some issues <laughs> three things bob trudeau's going to be out soon my groin injury is healing so i can get back to playing old-timers hockey nobody wants to hear about your groin injury david just to set <laughs> the record straight don't. too much information even saying the word groin yes and then uh the third thing the orders are rocking and um no, it's a good time. It's uh, Things are coming around for the Oilers. It's great to see. All right. Um, so you mentioned the Oilers are rocking. Uh, going into the game in Seattle, Edmonton had a 2-9-1 and record, which was 31st in the league. They were uh, 31st in goals against at 4.10. They were 28th in goals for at 2.58 and dead last at 8.62 save percentage. Now, they did win that night in, in uh, Seattle 4-1. Jay Woodcroft finished with a 3-9-1 record. I think we all expected the offense to come. The defense, uh, maybe that was going to come too. You tell me, what are you seeing, David? You, you, first of all, you do the charting of scoring chances. Have we seen a precipitous change as a result of the coaching change? Uh, yeah, Bob. They, um, they were, especially on the very most dangerous chances. Under Woodcroft, the team was kind of, um, when it came to like just, just you know, they were out shooting the other teams overall in games. Uh, but when it came to the very most dangerous chances, which we call five alarm chances, they go on about 33% of the time. The Oilers were getting fewer of those under Jay Woodcroft than they were creating themselves, which was really unusual that it never happened before with the Jay Woodcroft team since he had taken over the Oilers. Um, they'd always been well ahead of the other team, but they were behind. Um, and it was particularly bad on rush chances and and rush goals. I mean, under Woodcroft, um, 
the Oilers at even strength gave up 22 uh, rush goals in those 13 games, and they scored only nine. And that's been turned around. Right now, it's not the Oilers don't have an advantage there like they do in other aspects of the game, but it's even again. They're they're creating as much on the rush as they're giving up right under under uh, knob block. But it's it's other aspects of the game, Bob. Like so, for grade A shots, which go on about twenty five percent of the time, they're up five a game. They have a differential of five per game, which is kind of which is really really excellent. Now, is this in all situations or is this at even strength? That's, that's all situations, five a game. So they're they're creating, they're creating about sixteen a game, and they're giving up eleven. And so for a streak of, of that length, I was just doing the work looking into this today. You know, they had some really great streaks under Jay Woodcroft, but this is as good as any streak that we saw under Woodcroft. There's about three streaks under Woodcroft at the end of last season um, from game uh, 43 to 55 last season and kind of towards the end of his first season as a coach where they had really excellent streaks as well that were as good as this one. But Knobloch has that has the team essentially amped up and playing as well as Woodcroft had the orders playing at the end of last year when they were really uh, when they were really strong as well. So what would you say to the people that say, well, no, the team's just playing like they did at the end of last like I would argue they had a better team at the end of last year too, because they had a very useful fourth line guy in Costin who gave them some toughness. And they got Bugstead for the stretch run as well. And, you know, it's a six foot six. They had, they had four 10 plus goal scores in their bottom six. But what would you say to the people? They're just, you know, Bob, let's not forget they finished here 14 0 1 in the final 15 games last year. They've been capable of these sort of runs. Well, I would say they were really good then, and they're really good now. I mean, it's, it's, um, and, you know, and Jay Woodcroft at the start of, like, you know, if we're trying to figure out what went, 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 what went wrong with Jay Woodcroft, it's like, it just, I've heard this phrase, death of a thousand cuts. It just seemed like everything went wrong. One thing after another was going wrong. And, um, you know, can we say definitively would this team have righted itself if he had stayed as coach? We, we just don't know that. We'll never know that. I mean, there was periods when Jay Woodcroft had this team really going. But he certainly didn't get it going this year with the team. And they, they you know, I mean, the Seattle game, um, just before he got fired, was the start of this really great run for the Oilers. But there wasn't enough there. And Woodcroft, ha- Knobloch has it going on. I mean, what I really like, Bob, is his use of the, um, well, there's a couple things. The, the defenseman just seems so much more confident with the puck. And, I don't, and I'm not close enough to the, the team to know um, the difference between Manson as coffee and coffee as a coach. I only go by what I see. And what I see now are defensemen who are really moving, really skating, moving with the puck, have their heads up, and they're trying to make plays. They're trying to be playmakers as opposed to being nervous with the puck and dumping it away too quickly. Um, and the other thing I see is the third and the fourth lines having real identities. The McLeod line, um, which was, which did have an identity in the playoffs last year with uh, uh, Fogel and Ryan. I mean, yes. that was such a great line against um, against Las Vegas, and then it just disappeared for some reason at the start of this year. Maybe because McLeod was hurt. I don't know. But Derek Ryan wasn't being used very much. He was he was bumped off that line. And um, Fogel and McLeod were rarely together. And you just never saw a third line being used as a checking line against 
top players on the other team. And if it, it seemed like such an obvious thing for the success of the team, because if that happens, then either the McDavid line or the Drysaddle line can go against a weaker line on the on the opposition team. If you can get a checking line going, and you you have that luxury. And and either I don't know why they didn't do it. Uh, maybe he didn't trust McLeod. Um, but why weren't McLeod and Ryan paired together? I don't know. I mean, I'm a huge Derek Ryan fan, and I think he's capable of really, really helping a team. Now, Ryan's, uh, we've got this fourth line now, which I call the uh, the three wise men line. Ryan's on that line with uh, Gagne and... Um, um, Hamlin, uh, James Hamlin. Hamlin. They're, none of them are too big. They're not particularly fast, but they are. This, they have the, some of the highest hockey IQ you will see. And so they have two checking lines. One of them is this, uh, the three wise men, and then you have the McLeod line, where, where, where I think that the, you know, um, Knobloch can send either of those lines out there in most situations or in any situation and say, shut it down. And you, you're starting to get the confidence um, that they're going to be able to do so. So much so, last game, um, when the orders when the um, when they pulled when New Jersey pulled the goal, I was thinking, send out the uh, three wise men, send out those old guys, and Hamblin, and send out or send out the McLeod line. I, you know, I, I would have preferred, honestly, preferred to see them in in that situation to shut down the game than than the Oilers' top uh, line of McDavid, Drysaddle, and Kane, uh, because they're just they're just dedicated checkers and they're smart. And the Oilers, so the Oilers didn't have that at all in the first 13 games this year. We're joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. He's our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. All right, David, where's the fan base at right now? You obviously get a lot of feedback. Uh, by the way, a special thanks and shout-out to Kurt Levins for uh, writing kind of nice things about uh, Reed Wilkins and myself uh, about our show and how we're trying to grow it and uh, continuously working on I mean, Craig McTavish has been a wonderful addition. We know that. A lot with Ron McLean, but what are fans saying out right now in oil country? Well, there's kind of a collective amnesia. You know, people were some people who had written off the team, most famously Ryan Whitney of Spitting Chicklets. I mean, lots of fans had written off the team um, earlier in the year, and and you know, I came close. <laughs> I think most of us came close to doing it at some point, but I always it, it always struck me this is there's so much season left, and McDavid's got it. Once McDavid gets healthy, and my only worry was McDavid wouldn't get healthy, and my other worry is that no goalie would ever find his groove. So those two things were my big worries, and uh, and then the third one was: Are they ever going to solve this rush defense issue? Yeah. Are they ever going to Are they going to figure this out? Because it was so perplexing how how that that was going on game after game, and they and so McDavid got healthy, um, Ekholm got healthy, and they have uh, Stuart Skinner has played well, and but what I really notice is I think the goalies are playing well, but I think it's. I think it's team defense that's helping them. Skinner's always been good at stopping the first shot, and it's the second shot, the rebound that goes to the side of the net and gets slammed home, or the cross-seam pass um, across the crease that he struggles with a bit. But the Oilers are are giving up way fewer of those kinds of plays, way fewer um, two-on-ones. I think they're they're less frequent. Um, They're more likely to be stopped by a defenseman. Um, and the big rebound plays, guys are picking up their guys in front of the net. So Skinner's playing well, McDavid's healthy, and they figured out this rush play issue. All right, great stuff, David. We went the whole time without talking about the presidents from Penn and Harvard. 
There you go. <laughs> Thanks. All right. It's 645 in Edmonton. Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott coming back on Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. Reed Wilkins is in from Inside Sports. Brendan Escott with us as well. Uh, we will start, Reed, with you. Seven straight wins. Yes. Does it feel different? Does it look different? Or is this similar to what happened last year when they went 14-0-1 in the final 15? Uh, I think there are some similarities to what happened last year when they went 14-0-1. I think the big difference is the penalty killing, which is the best we've seen. I guess Tippett had some good runs on the PK, yeah. but but this is outstanding. Um, I, I mean, I think it, it's a combination of some new things and maybe Knobloch tweaking some things, especially on the PK. Uh, we've talked about making sure they win the middle of the ice at yeah. both ends of the rink, which they didn't do against Vegas in the postseason. And then I, th- I think the one thing that's returned to their game is just a bit of calmness. Okay, we gave up a goal. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Calm. Let's not, you know, let's not make one turn into two or three against here, Brendan. I think what you're like really asking here is whether there's staying power to what they're doing. And, and to me, uh, I think the answer is yes, because they're doing it against a bevy of opponents. They're getting it done in different ways, whether they've had to hold on to a lead or chase down a lead or scrap one out in overtime or a shootout, I guess, against a team like Vegas. They've done it with their backup goaltender. They've done it with their star players or without. You know what I mean? Like they're accumulating a lot of different check marks along the way and I think that that's really what the telltale sign is for this being something they can move with. I said yesterday I thought this was going to be the toughest game of the homestand against New Jersey. Mac T thinks sometimes this game against Chicago could be tough. I just look at how Connor plays specifically against Crosby and Malkin. He gets up for games and it's Bedard's in. Brendan, start with you. What do you think we're going to see tomorrow night? Well, it's going to be special. I'm just typing out something here on on and kind of relaying it back to the first time that McDavid and Crosby met, right? Like the last first encounter yeah. between generational talents. So something sentimental about what we're going to see tomorrow night. And you know that these caliber of this caliber of player, they, they as you say, Bob, they really want to get up for each Se- other. So second week in November well, 2016, McDavid was in Pittsburgh because Donald Trump's plane was next to ours. <laughs> His plane said, Trump, make America great again. And our plane said, McDavid, making the Oilers great again. Read. <laughs> which he uh, did. Yes, which he did. Well, I, or, look, I'm going to use the line I always use because I, I don't like to make guarantees or be accused of, be accused of jinxing anything. The Oilers should be heavily favored tomorrow. I mean, Escott and I were looking at the two rosters today. And like, Bedard's their leading scorer. 4A Chellers on Even after that, uh, I, I mean... Tyler Johnson, who went there, I think he only has 10 points and is minus quite a bit. So if the Oilers play the way they have been playing, they'll be fine. You wanted to jump in, Brandon. By the way, McDavid had three points in the first 25 minutes of that game in Pittsburgh. That's what I was going to say. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Bedard really rise to the occasion yeah. here with with a lively crowd at Rogers Place who have long awaited this game, by the way. Yeah, uh, by the way, uh, the last two years, McDavid's, the last four games McDavid's played against Pittsburgh, he's just lit him up. Uh, last year, he had two goals and four points. And remarkably, the only vote he did not get for unanimous for MVP was from a writer in Pittsburgh, which shows you sometimes there's people out there so dumb they don't even trust their own eyes. All right, Reed, what's coming up next on Inside Sports? <laughs> oh, we'll hit on a lot. We'll dive a little deeper into the Blackhawks with John Weidman, their play-by-play voice. He's always fun to talk to. Uh, former Montreal Expo Mike Johnson. 
He never got a chance to make Otani money, but I want to know what he thinks. Otani isn't making and Otani money. He deferred not, it all. He deferred like 90% of it. Well, I guess, yeah, he, well, a little over 90% of it. Uh, and Gavin Cobb from the Elks, I want to know to see what he thinks about that offside yesterday for the Chiefs. It's a tough call. And seeing a quarterback meltdown like that. By the way, the, the Golden Bears had a similar call against them that pulled a touchdown off the board against UBC that would have put them up 31 uh uh, 31 of 14 uh, in the third quarter of that game. Similar call. Was that a formation call or an actual? A, they did not call it initially. Okay. They called it after because of the same situation. Brendan Escott's got this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join an exclusive 14-day trip to Newfoundland in June to see the Iceberg Festival. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. What do you got, Brendan? 1982, the Minnesota North Stars outshooting the Oilers 52-48 at the Metropolitan Sports Center. They win 5-4 uh, despite a hat trick from Oilers defenseman Paul Coffey. There you go. Tomorrow for Wow Factor Desserts. Brian Lawton will join us, and our farm report will be with Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager Keith Gretzky for Wave Bathroom Renovations. Professional bathroom renovations built right. Hire Wave Bathroom Renovations and know your bathroom will turn out great. Obviously, we'll have some McDavid and Bedard uh, audio as well on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Again, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night after a global news weather traffic update with Zach Ferguson. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. 